The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 92. Holy crap, that was a pretty decent year. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking like Nine Inch Nails immediately. Broken came out in 92. Of course, of (laughs) course. I can't immediately think of anything, so uh, yay, 92. Didn't we do a Pearl Jam album from 1992? Wasn't that Versus? For some reason, I always thought that was 94. That was Vitalogy. Um, that was the one we just did. Oh. Uh, yeah, probably, as she's typing into Wikipedia because she doesn't remember. 1993. Ah, well, close enough. Well, then again, I skipped. your hosts who have covered Pearl Jam three times but still know nothing about them are Chris and... <laughs> Definitely Savannah. <laughs> yeah, that's us. I mean, we can cover a band multiple times, but who are these guys? <laughs> Eddie who? Jesus. Uh, it's a good thing we're not doing Pearl Jam today. I'd feel even worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You'd think that we would get uh, better, but uh, but no, no, we're no, just no. Time doesn't mean anything terrible. to us. We just keep going and blabbing. People keep listening for some reason. <laughs> I if, love it. You want to hear what we got to say about no code? It's not anytime soon. You gotta wait till next year for that one. Yes. But anyways, that's then. This is now. Welcome to episode ninety-two. Thank you very much for joining us today, hanging out, and just being part of the musical community that we want you to be a part of. So if you like what you see and or hear today, do us a favor, one favor or many favors, a combination of all. You can like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow, all six of those things in any combination, preferably all of them, <laughs> really help push us in the algorithm out to the eyes and ears of everyone that we want to hear, including people like you. So, hey, if you like it enough that you want to spread the love a little bit, go ahead because, I mean, this world needs more love. So spread the love as much as hateful as we can be sometimes in these oh reviews. Overall, it is still love. It's just a very painful love. That's all. You know, while doing this review, I actually thought about past reviews, possibly from like season one, where we were like, we were even more green than we are now. And even now we got so far to go. But I'm thinking of that and I'm like, man, I think I sort of gave the shaft to a lot of these albums. I'm like, I wish that I could go back and just be like, you know what? I don't hate that so much. You, you know can. What? It's called reduxing. I've done <laughs> no. it. Yeah, and then I do every single one, record all of my thoughts, and you're like, well, right. <laughs> I mean, you are encouraged to. If you truly don't feel like you didn't give an album a chance, that's the that's why I reduced Tripping Daisy, because I didn't think I gave it a proper chance. That's true, but the amount of albums that have had things that annoy me are just too massive to go back. So you I just lament slowly. on my... No, do it that's one at too a time. Much you don't have to do a bunch at once. No, no, that's fine. You know what? It's hard enough to get people to listen to me the first time. Two times, too much. Speaking too of much. listening to you, I'll talk now because i got to continue introing this goddamn show. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot and everything like that. So, hey, if you do love us in the way that we talk for whatever reason, go to RateTheRecord.ca because that's where you can find all those places to uh, like, subscribe, comment, all that kind of cool stuff. All of our streaming links are over there. All of our social media links are over there. There's only four right now, Threads, uh, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. I forgot which ones were there for a minute. Uh, 
I, I say there for now, but I, I can't imagine there's going to be any more than that. But regardless, you can go see that. Uh, the RTR Club that you can join for five bucks a month, get a bunch of bonus content, early access to stuff, uh, shout out, we re- review your band's music, expedite requests, all that cool stuff. And merch and requesting albums. Those are all things you can get at ratetherecord.ca. So one more time, ratetherecord.ca. If you, if you want to do that, if it sounds cool, if you want to be a part of any of that, I suggest it. And if you can find the hidden link within the website that holds Chris's glamour shots from when he was 12, uh, congratulations. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going to do? Okay. I'm actually going to, I'll do that because the thing is I have, I have a player, uh, a football card with me on yeah. it. Like I used to be part of a fo- minor football team. So yeah. I have a player's card and I will put a link to that picture somewhere on the website and yeah. you got to find it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the prize is, but I feel like looking at the picture is prize enough itself. Uh, the winner gets to replace Savannah for an episode. <laughs> we haven't discussed Done. that. <laughs> Done. But I get to sit next to you and glare. Okay, fine then. They replace me and you have to host. Oh, sure. That'd be easy. Whatever's more miserable for you is what I want out of this. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, yeah, we obviously banter like this a lot because that's just kind of like what this podcast is about to an extent because there's way more to it than that. But if you've been here before, you already know that. So welcome back. We're glad you're here dealing with our bullshit and preparing to listen to music at some point in the podcast. We appreciate you sticking around. If you're new, yes, we do get to music, I promise. But first, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your day. Be part of the community. Leave your comments down below. Talk with others because that's what we're trying to do here on the podcast is musical commentary and commentary means discussion. Uh, so if you don't know what we do here on the podcast, I'll let you know real quick. So each week, Savannah and I, we will review an album. Uh, Whatever the hell we want to listen to, today's kind of random. Savannah chose it. Uh, We also do anniversary albums. We've done a bunch. We got a bunch more. Same thing with requests. We actually got one coming up next week. And we've had a bunch in the past, a bunch more, blah, blah, blah. You know how it is. But each, no matter what, each week, we will take an album. We'll discuss it at length from front to back. We rank the songs and then we... Rate the record! I have no idea where it is anymore. (laughs) No, but the thing is, I I, I purposely cut off just to let you have that one. (laughs) Thank you. That way, even if you try to jump in front of me, I would just like (laughs) trick you back. I appreciate that. But yes, we write the record. That's exactly what we do. Uh, Title track of the podcast. Uh, So yeah, as I said, uh, Savannah chose today's episode, episode 92. And we are looking at The Cars and the 1978 debut album of The Cars called The Cars. And to tell us more about The Cars, here's Savannah. (laughs) I will, Mr. Black. Um, So you did say that, uh, you know, we'll pick albums at random. Um, This one, completely random. Uh, One of their songs popped up in my play, like made for you Spotify playlist. I went, huh cool and now here we are today which one is it which one was it oh god i don't remember i think it was just what i needed oh okay but it always comes up in one of those you know boppity 70s playlists oh yeah yeah all right so the cars were an american band formed in boston massachusetts in 1976 they came from multiple bands and areas having emerged from the new wave scene of the late 1970s and ended up at the forefront of the guitar synth pop rock of the early to mid 80s there had been a whole chain of events that brought everyone together but they wouldn't end up as the cars until singer and rhythm guitarist rick okasic fired the bassist fired the keyboardist and fired the drummer from his old band when record labels continued to pass on them. Okasik and lead guitarist Benjamin Orr brought in three guys they knew and had played with before and the cars were born. Um, I didn't get their names. I I feel really rude. 
But I, I like I like imagining that Rick Ocasek <laughs> didn't <laughs> figure that he was the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just just listen. What a good choice because they were named best new artist in 1978's Rolling Stone Readers Poll within six months of their eponymous debut on June 6th. 1978 produced by Roy Thomas Baker, who has worked with Nazareth, Frank Zappa, The Who and Santana. The album spawned three official singles, Just What I Needed, My Best Friend's Girl and Good Times Roll with Bye Bye Love and Moving in Stereo also garnering airplay. The album peaked at 48 on the Billboard 200 and has been certified six times platinum in the United States, and that greatly outweighs the two times platinum it received in Canada and Australia. Now, fun fact, the band members hate the album cover. There was an alternate cover created by the drummer, but the record label opted for something more marketable and put the drummer's cover into the liner notes. You know what's funny, and I'll I'll say it real quick too. Uh, the album cover used to scare me a lot as a kid. Is the smile, isn't it's it? It's so uncanny valley. It's yeah. so weird. It's just like I don't know. Like it's implied she's about to get into a crash, but it's just Here. like. Eh. Okay, I'm gonna read you verbatim what I read about that on Wikipedia. So it's just where killing am time. I? Really I am slowly. so <laughs> killing time. I don't know where it still it... freaks me out a little bit. Kind of reminds oh. me of a Rough Trades album cover. Uh, there we go. Uh, I guess guitarist Elliot Easton expressed dislike for that big grinning face, saying, "Man, I got tired of that cover." Uh, I guess it's not really uncan- uncanny, but uh, if the grinning face really puts every the band off, I can imagine what it's like. It feels uncanny to me. Like I, I, I know it's probably not the right term to use, but it feels yeah. uncanny to me because again, it's implied she's about to be in a car crash. Because oh. like her hands are up like this at the wheel, so it, it's implied. It feels like it's implied there's about to be a crash. I thought she was voguing behind the wheel, everything like that. Hey, it, I've watched TikTok lives and they're TikToking behind the wheel. They shouldn't be. Vogue. Pigs. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very angry all of a sudden. Jesus Christ. That album cover actually reminds me of uh, the, the the Rough Trade album cover. Um, something about Freud. I can't remember what the name of the album is. But it, it's such a weird shade of the album. And then the eyes are just bright white while everything's kind of like toned. She kind of looks like a corpse. Uh, Carol I Pope looks remember. like a corpse and it scares the hell out of me every time I look at it. Let's Avoid see if Freud, I, find, I think it's called. Let's see if I can find that. I'm confidential. I know that song. I've never heard of this band name before. Yeah, Rough Trade. They're Canadian, and it's off the album Avoid oh. Freud. That album cover, she looks like a corpse, but her eyes are super bright white, and so it's scary. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Spooky. Carol Pope's pretty cool, though. Cool. Uh, speaking of Carol Pope, she's not in the cars, so let's <laughs> let's get around to talking about the cars and their album, <laughs> The Cars. Yes. Song number one, Good Times Roll. Okay, so I do want to say first, uh, you're used to my danceable score and all this other dumb shit that I do. Well, I did another one. So today I was cooking dinner while I'm listening to this. I was, well, prepping it early afternoon. And uh, for every song, I noted what dish I would make while listening to each particular song. (laughs) I was just about to say, like, did you do like a a song food pairing, kind of like people do with wine? I did. Some of them are trash, but some of them are really good. 
I you know I, I I dig that. I, this is your new know. characteristic, though, like where you you make all these <laughs> weird, different, like canonical, non-canonical, like ratings next to your songs. Again, it is the untreated ADHD, but it is all part of the charm. But it also makes for great content. It does. We're exploiting your ADHD. That is totally fine. <laughs> but we're not making money off it, so that's what makes it even worse. But speaking of money, there's the merch shot right there. Yeah, merch yeah. shot. Buy a mug. I, I got to wear my shirt yet. more often. I'm I bought a, I'm buying a crew neck shirt for the other RTR design that you can get at rtr.ca. Right there, There you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm not even an advertising brain right now. That's why I fucked that one right up. I got to talk about good yeah. times roll. Yes. Um, there's so many songs that uh, obviously. I know off this album, and this is where I'm going to whore out one more time. That yes, I do have a classic rock radio show, so I'm very much aware of the cars. <laughs> Sundays two to yes. four, and I do one one five. Yes, uh, but yeah, so like I'm aware of a lot of songs on this. Although when you said "Bye Bye Lover" or "Bye Bye Love," I think it was uh, yeah, airplay. I don't recognize that one. I'll say that much. I definitely do. I think it took my second listen for me to kind of get it, but the chorus, I'm like, yeah, I've definitely heard that on the radio. Um, moving in stereo, I've heard before, I think like little bits of it. I'm like, this sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if I've heard that song or if it just sounds like something else. I have quite the note about that, uh, moving Ooh. forward. Well, not, I should, I don't want to get you hyped. It's not that big of a deal. Oh. It's just, oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know that song was by the cars. I'll say that much. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I got pretty excited when I heard that, but we got to talk that comes up later. It's only nine songs yes. on this album anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This song has a very, I mean, this could be said for a lot of the songs in this album. It has a very simple enough structure and everything like that. So it's yeah. more or less easy to catch on to. Uh, I do really appreciate the stereo splitting of the guitars. So like there's one on each side. So that way, like you can hear like different things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it, this isn't the only band to ever do something like that, but I like what I'm hearing here and it's more relevant because I'm listening to it now. So yeah. I appreciate it. I like it. I found that some parts when that happens on this album, that one side is much louder than the other. And it kind of threw me off. I was walking with a limp for two days. Um, But uh, I I don't know. It's, it's pretty good. I like the production on the whole thing. Um, There are some sounds in this entire album that I am confused to. And one of them being what sounds like a bouncing basketball at the beginning of this song. Bouncing basketball. Yeah. If you you listen to it, it's just, it's some sort of like synthy thing that comes in and it just, it sounds like an overinflated basketball being uh, bounced. It's weird. It's probably like just the snare drum. Yeah, probably. It's like main right out there. So, but that's what I thought. Anyways, and I feel like this whole review is going downhill now. Um, it's only a matter of time. Well, I know. If I'm comparing their music to a bouncing basketball, I'm pretty sure my review is going to be trash. Oof. Um, I do. I mentioned this like four or five times over these nine songs. Um, okay. One, their choruses are just the song title. I don't care if you put one other line in it, doesn't matter. Um, And two, I really, really appreciate, and I've mentioned this in other reviews, that when you have like, say, three verses, three choruses, verse one will have sort of this little embellishment, and then verse two will have an embellishment, but sort of changed a little bit. And maybe the third one just doesn't have it but it's different each time. Fucking love that. It keeps my interest. It's not boring. I don't think what part of the song am I in? 
because I can just tell by it changing. They're really good at doing that because that happens a lot on this album. And I feel like if the nine songs in the short duration wasn't a seller, the fact that I'm not bored is one already. So there's actually a note um, like one of those embellishments that you're talking about, like there's um, just what I needed coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a note about that because I I read a bit of trivia on that song. I read it a long time ago uh, and I thought it was pretty neat because it's kind of a standout moment. Felt a little weird, but I'll just, I'll talk about that more when we get there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Cause finishing off my notes on this one, I'll have a couple more anyways. Uh, First off, I'll say the emphasis on the hook was a great idea as mm-hmm. well uh like when they the full band sings good time roll uh yeah. good times roll i should say like there's the quick part and then there's the drawn out part like good times roll but it's like the whole band type doing it so it's easier to get in your head like it's just kind of being nailed in there by everyone in the band so i i like how they drove that home uh mm-hmm. the strings are a soft touch of the song too i really like that uh obviously it plays a big enough role uh but i'm glad they aren't like super sharp and in my face at the very least because there, there are string sections we've listened to before that are just like right front facing yeah you know? like it's, it's too loud too much it, but like these ones are in the back you can still hear what they're doing but they don't have a huge presence and i kind of like that though it just kind of like fills out layers and makes the song feel better so mm-hmm. you said it has good production i agree uh i felt like the song stretched a little bit um like in the last minute but yeah it doesn't give you a whole bunch more in that like the last minute besides just repeating the chorus yeah. uh but but the track's still a fun little bop overall i'm not gonna duck deduct point from that uh points from that um i didn't but i did note or i did note uh, this song is 80% chorus. When you thought the good times were going to stop rolling, oh, did they roll and roll again? Uh, I was massively fatigued by the end just because of that. It was just, oh, the song's over. Oh, it's not over. We're doing it again. Um, great start to the album. Really get that single out there. Even though this wasn't the first released single, still good to start with something that is tangible and, or not tangible, digestible, rather, uh, and sounds good. Um, now, the dish I would make to this song would be steak and lobster with baby potatoes and asparagus. It's not that fancy of a song. No, no. It's just what would I make while listening to that song? But what, steak and lobster for this song? Yes. What, what am I, what am I gonna listen to? What am I listening to? Beethoven? No, but something a little fancier. King Crimson. Listen no. to King Crimson while making no. steak and lobster. Maybe maybe they went to like some second-rate steakhouse and they were just blasting local radio. His his vocals are a little you know, too whiny he, for steak and lobster. He can only afford so much, you know. That's why he didn't ask you to dress up. You know what? Whatever. I'll eat it anyways because that's fucking delicious. Fantastic. Song number two, My Best Friend's Girl. Okay, so I just started this entire uh, song with just a bunch of jokes. Um, I, <laughs> I, I already kind of, I already kind of made the the joke earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, this song would be terrible to use as a hearing clap test. It only gets to the left side. I was walking with a limp for two days, um, and the lead guitar adds a je ne sais quoi to the song because I would like it just as much if it wasn't there. But I think after a while it would get boring, so it is kind of nice to have something to listen to, even if on its own it doesn't sound like it would fit. It does fit. Yeah, uh, and kind of going back about like jokes with the song, although I, I feel like this is like a little more on point though than being a uh-huh. joke, because like if this girl is your best friend's girlfriend and she used to be yours, like 
maybe your best friend's not your best friend. That's some pretty <laughs> scummy shit. Like, yeah. like it doesn't even have to necessarily be a bro code. It goes any gender. It doesn't really matter who you are, who you're dating. Like, you don't go after your friend's ex. Yeah, like, that, but that's just scummy shit. Uh, I want to say bros before hoes, but then it's really just him accepting the fact that he's with your ex. So maybe he's just a bigger man by looking past it and writing a song about it, really yeah, driving, that, really driving that point home. Especially depending on how you feel about the ex, maybe it's not so bad. But if it's like a potentially like hard or angry, sad breakup, and then you have yeah. to see her being happy with your best friend, holy shit, heart like every valve ripped out one by one. So I heard this story. Now stop me if you've heard this one, and it's not a joke. Um, so I don't know which Ramon it was, but one of them was dating this girl. Then she started seeing another one, uh, in the band and they were together until his death, I think like, or her death. I don't know if she's still alive. Um, but like they were together forever, but those two bandmates never talked again. They were in the Ramones together. I think for another, like 20 years did not talk to each other. You gotta make that bag somehow. Even right? if you hate like, the person you're doing it with. But it's the same thing. It's like my, you know, it's not my best friend's girl. It's my ex-friend's girl. But you still, you have to see them all the time. Like, is, that sucks. This is literally the George Harrison, Eric Clapton story all over again. Ooh, I feel like I heard that, but I'm not you sure. You probably have. Like, they, they both wrote songs about the same woman. Like, in you've chances are you've heard both the songs are pretty popular. Especially oh, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like the forefront of that one. And then yeah. I think uh, Something by George Harrison, the song called Something. I believe oh, okay, that yeah. was about the Definitely. same woman as well. So, I mean, yeah. like, and like these two were friends, but it's like, she's my girlfriend. Well, no, I want her, though. It's like, that's that's nice, but she's my girlfriend. Anyways, we're this, buds, though, right? This is not Black Friday at Walmart, okay? This is a human being. There's no two-for-one deal. It's one person. It's Christ. Does she have a sister? I don't know. Why does that matter? <laughs> it's not even the same person at that point. That is terrible. Okay, well, uh, beyond that joke, there's a song to talk about, though. Um this note doesn't necessarily dox points, I will say that. But you kind of already mentioned the claps. Uh, yeah. They should have been more full, like even multi-layer clapping, maybe in both mm -hmm. sides. Who knows? Yes, please. It was just a flat sound and it didn't feel all that good. But I'm not going to dox points because of fucking clapping. And it didn't last too long either. So mm -hmm. I'm not about to sit here and complain about it. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, as it is, actually, I can't say with this album specifically, like courses are usually the driver. But there are songs on this album where the verses are actually a better driver. But uh, the yeah. course in this one, obviously the biggest driver. Uh, it's got an incredibly catchy hook um, and a catchy melody too. It's a fun tune. This is a fun tune to sing at a bar on Thursday night karaoke. Um, yes, uh, I definitely see that. I feel like my dish is pretty on the level with your idea. Mozzarella um, sticks. <laughs> we're close. Um, but I just have a couple extra points here. Uh, the riff, the rhythm guitar is playing sounds like a bass riff. And I really like that it keeps things together because it's pretty steady. And I really like that. Uh, I think it only changes like once or twice, but it's pretty much the same riff the whole time. Um, I do like, despite the clapping being annoying at the beginning, I do like that it came back to sort of finish the story kind of round back to the you beginning. You like that sandwich effect. Yeah, because it's like, it, it feels like it's resolved. And I, I like that. It's not kind of like, why did they put that at the beginning? What was that going to do? And then when it comes back, I'm like, oh, it was just a, 
it was just a vessel to do it again. I don't even know. But song is 60% chorus, and the dish I would make to the song would be stovetop mac and cheese. That's not really, I mean, with the cheese, mozzarella yeah. sticks, I guess. Yeah, but, still. but I would, but like when you go to like a pub or a bar or whatever, there's always mac and cheese. Not the bars I go to. Really? Do they even serve food there? I've been they to the do, Irish. But mac and cheese is not pub grub. Uh, when you, be- I beg to differ. Okay, I listen, really Miss English Lady, I don't know what fucking hoity toity British bars you're going to. Um, the one that I, I don't know distances. I don't know, like it's over feet there away somewhere. From, 100 feet away from my house somewhere. Feet. You live, have, you live next door to a bar. <laughs> half a kilometer. I have no idea. Um, but anyways, they sell mac and cheese. So point is this song is stovetop mac and cheese. And you just lost your girl. So you're sad. So you're just sitting there out of the pot on your couch. Well, no, you see, this is where I'd be. I have a pint of beer and mozzarella sticks at the bar yeah. and just kind of like, Staring yeah. down into bubbles of my glass, being all sad, like, I lost my friend and my girlfriend today. <laughs> uh, Chris, I just want to let you know that that entire scenario is, like, a couple songs away. So you hold on to that, please. And I'm pretty sure that's pretty real for some people just listening to this. Yes, and uh, there is no judgment because it sounds fantastic. Well, and Not actually, the I, sadness. I, I, th- I think uh, Rick Ocasek said uh, that the, he didn't write the song about himself, but it was just like mm-hmm. he wrote it because it, it sounds like something that many people have probably gone through. That's the only yeah, reason why he yeah. wrote it. And I was just like, oh, well, good good on you for not having had to go, go through that. But I mean, yeah. sad for everyone else who's at your concert who suddenly feels relatable and sad. So do you know that meme? I don't know what it's from. I'm pretty sure it's from a movie, but it's like those two hands and they've like grabbing or whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, oh my god, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so it's this song and Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. They're all just like really sad that someone else took their girl. <laughs> we both <laughs> lost the girl. Like that's yeah. what's joining us. That's your Venn diagram. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Super group. I was about to move on, but I realized I have uh one Two two more notes actually. Jeez, I have oh, a lot shit. more notes of the song than I thought I did. I'll just, I'll go through pretty quickly then. Uh, the clean guitar solo in the middle I thought was super well done. I really liked mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's got a great tone, generally fun to listen to, so that kind of brightened up the song for me. Uh, the layering the song is well executed uh, between the guitars and the synths. I really like it. Each one's kind of doing their own little thing. It's really playful when they're doing it too. So again, just made it that much more enjoyable to listen to, despite the fact that the lyrics will just make you sad. <laughs> yes. That description was just what I needed. Thank you. There you go. Now you're getting into the transition game. Song number three, just what I needed. Despite sounding like only one verse and one chorus repeated over and over, they stretched it to almost four minutes, and I don't think anyone noticed. I I did. This song is so popular um, that you just listen to it, and you have it on on the small little radio boombox at the window in an office, and the song's just playing, and nobody notices the song played until like four songs later. Um, the backup singing in the chorus sounds like he has a couple of hype men because it's the same thing where you sing the line and then you get the backup singing, singing the same thing as a group. I like that. I always, I, I think that's kind of, I don't know, that's very meet a group in the alleyway kind of feel. West Side Story, but with a, yeah. a much happier version of the story, I guess. Yes, in Boston. It's a love story instead of a gang war. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, it is. Um, I, I did notice that the uh, the vocals sound a little less whiny in this track. Yeah. Uh, because like, I, I don't know. He, he sounds a little cartoony in other songs where he's like, oh, do, 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 do. And he sounds like whiny <laughs> while he does it, you know, like. If, by the, if, if anyone's listening to the audio and just heard that, no, I'm not doing an impression of anything. I'm literally doing vocal mannerisms. There's no accent yeah. stuff in there. I don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> I, I know just someone's going to hear that and be like, oh, excuse me, what accent was that? That's, there's no accent. Yeah. yeah, you can't search for something that ain't there. Uh, yeah, like I don't know exactly what he changed. It just felt a little different than this one, so I like that. Uh, and yeah, like the, there's that 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 synth uh, that synth riff that happens at like it's like the pre-chorus between the pre-chorus and the verse. It happens at various points, so I don't really know where to throw it in or what to call it. Uh, yeah. But I think it's an absolutely iconic riff because it's what makes me remember the song that like that whole thing. I just did it in a different key though. Uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely iconic uh, riff and rock music. I love it. And it ain't even the guitar, so that makes it even better. Um, so, you know, the little slowdown during the verse after the guitar solo, I think it's like one of the last verses. Yeah. It, yeah. Like the drums kind of go down to like half speed or whatever. I have always liked that. It just, it, I, I don't know what it does to my brain, but I like it a lot. And I've always liked that. Um, the keys always give a nice melody to hum. And then as the song closes out, he sings it freaking perfect. I like that. I did find that the chord progression of the chorus makes me think of Pat Benatar's hit me with your best shot. Ew. Just some, just some of them kind of give me that. Yeah. I'm not a Pat Benatar fan at all. Yeah. Me neither. So. Her music's very cheesy to me. I don't really like it. It was the 80s. Yeah, the 80s was full of cheese. Yeah, and probably just a couple uh, groups of songwriters writing with all these people. And it's all kind of starting to sound the same, you know? And that's why Weird Al was there to ask us if we had the cheese. I also, I actually mentioned Weird Al in this too. It's like you read my notes or something. Yeah, but I just know he he had, I remember, do you remember when Weird Al had a TV show in like the 90s? Maybe was he the was he on MTV like interviewing people and such? No, no, he had like the Weird Al show. Oh no, I don't know. I've watched a handful of episodes in the nineties. I, I I don't remember where I watched it, but it was like early morning, probably Saturday type deal. Yeah, I can't really remember, but yeah, like and they he used to have um a cartoon segment on there called Fat Man, which is a superhero, uh, because it probably goes after his music video for Fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he was obsessed with cheese omelets, and he was always just asking if people had cheese, kind of like Steve Urkel. I- I have never seen that ever. You before. might very well enjoy it because then he got he he got Randy Savage to come on the show and wrestle a hamster. So yes, you have to watch it now. Oh my god! If that didn't it's like NWO me. Randy Savage. He's wearing like all the black and shit like that. So there you go. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Um. Okay. So I, I'm gonna go back because I said I I said earlier that I had like a a, a bit of a note about the song and you kind of yes. touched on that with the drum change up in the third verse. Yeah. Um. So. This is where I, I need someone to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember reading this that um, apparently that was done by accident because it wasn't meant really? to be a change because the snares are always on the twos and the fours going all the way through. But yeah. uh, he he screwed up the pattern apparently with the click track and uh, started going on ones and threes. Was that the and, only difference? And didn't change it up until probably like the pre-chorus, chorus, whatever. Yeah. Uh, y- yeah, but I, I did uh, say that they they liked it and kept it in. 
Uh, They just kind of went with it. And it does kind of give you that like different feeling of a different verse getting towards the end of the song and everything like that. Like that change up is actually nice considering like you're getting to the end. You want to make it feel a little different. You want people to know where you are. Well, that's the perfect way. So this mistake actually worked out really well for them. I love it. I'm glad they kept that in. I think it would be a little less interesting. I mean, they still do stuff that keep the intrigue and stuff, but having that I think was a really, really good choice. Yeah, and again, like I hope that's right because I I remember reading it and I was like, oh, that's so weird. That's a mistake because I've always noticed that and it felt weird that they changed from two to four to one to three. Yeah, uh, and if I could find the link, it shouldn't be that hard to find. If I found it, like just randomly googling things, I can find it again. It's not a hard story to find, but still, yeah. like I'm I'm pretty sure that's true, and that's pretty cool if it is. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Are you done done yet? I have my dish. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, what are we eating tonight? Good. Okay. A half ham with scalloped potatoes. Half a whole ham, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd have people over. You could eat it for like the next four days. I don't invite people over. I'm eating that thing myself. Are you? That's gonna a lot eat- of ham. Are you? <laughs> well, not like a huge like leg of ham, but you know those like half hams with the bone in that you can just get cryovac at the grocery store? Oh, yeah, yeah. One of, That's one what of those. I usually get for like Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like already pre-cooked. Uh, and then the scallop potatoes come from the Betty Crocker box. Where I can't have those. I'm celiac, you garbage. You have to do it from scratch if you want to give it wait, to me. Wait, if it's... Oh, but then I have to use gluten-free flour for the roux. I was going to say, because like the, the sauce and shit that goes on it, yeah, like it's... Uh... So, well, whatever. This is your dinner anyways. This is mine. Yeah, I don't have to show I, up. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't invite anyone. Neither do I. Stay home. <laughs> I'm still coming over with that steak and lobster, though. That's, you yeah, you right. treat me, and those are gluten free, so I'm, I'm free to eat them. Just don't put any uh, Worcestershire sauce on them. Not at all. Not at all. Salt and pepper, butter. That's it. Butter, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, song number four. I'm in touch with your world. I immediately think of the Talking Heads or some other avant-garde band, and I could Art totally pop. see. I can totally see Weird Al parodying this song because I'm pretty sure I heard a slide whistle. Okay, wait. I'm gonna jump some to through one of my notes here. There's a lot um, going on in this one. The producer obviously picked up the wrong batch of instruments from the music shop, so they had to make do and use the random assortment yeah. of stuff they were given. Because yeah, like this is this is like okay, you're not gonna be able to relate to this, but that's fine. It's like when you get your you know, like a new um a DAW, like a digital audio workstation. Like I use Cubase for example, and they usually come with like uh pre-made like built-in like sound effects and sounds you can use effects just like different midi instruments everything like that yeah and you, you're just kind of like sorting through them and going through them one by one and just like listening to what you're you're given and most of the vast majority like 85 to 90 percent you will never even touch yeah you're gonna listen to all of them on the way and it's just kind of like they went through this whole pack and just like didn't even listen just like that one that one does that say whistle that one goes on here what does that one say what is that word i don't even care put it in here like there is a lot of weird shit in this song. And like, I like weird stuff in music, but I mean, like this felt so unnecessary though. Like, yeah. I was just like, what, what is, what are you doing here? What are you trying to prove? Um, I found it confusing, but the more I would listen to it, the more I kind of got it. And I like, got I it. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Were you in I touch just, with their world? I think so. I think I may have been on drugs. Cool. Um, I feel like this is like a Salvador Dali painting in audio format. Don't I, talk I've, to me about Dali. I know, <laughs> I know everything about that man. 
I'm like, that's creepy. Um, I have a tattoo and in a blood sugar thing, but I got a tattoo of his on my arm for Christ's sake. Nice. Um, I have a tattoo with the word dad, and I have no idea where he is. That's not how you spell um, Dally. <laughs> I also have my... a clock clock too. I have an actual clock. Anyways, um yeah, I, I got I got it. I got yeah. Anyways. You have really threw me off in my notes here. Um, I feel like, okay, well, here you go. There, This one is relatable. Um, I feel like if you just sat there, baked out of your mind, you could imagine an entire story from all the noises and instruments in this. Nice. Look at that, eh? Nice. <laughs> I told you I had the melted very, clock. Very limp. This, this was found at Value Village. Really? Yeah. Like uh, My sister bought it for she she went thrifting one day, found this, and she knows I like Dolly stuff, and was just like, I have to get that. So now I just have this ha- hanging on my shelf. Like, yeah. I like how in the back it has some more of that you can actually like hang it on a wall. But how do you hang yeah. this on a wall? You don't. Uh, you just leave it sitting on the corner of a shelf right there. It's perfect. Are you sure that's what it is, and that it just wasn't in a house fire? It, it's still a work of art to me. Damn it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I guess we still have a song to talk about, though. Yes. So, uh, I I distracted you with the deli stuff, then I distracted myself with the deli stuff, too. <laughs> and then I moved on. <laughs> I've been doing his art exhibits. I got, like, pictures of his in the other room there. Gee, I, I love that man's work. It's surreal art is badass. Um. All right, so let's see what we got here. Um. So the main guitar riff that runs through this track was fine with me for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it got very tiresome before the end. Because yeah, it's, it's like, the same thing. It doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't change up too, too much. It does a little bit, but nothing to, like, get yeah. excited about. Um, I do like these uh, like a little ascending synth arpeggios that you hear in the chorus. I thought those were cool, but that's about the only cool thing about the chorus. Um, you know what? Here's another note. <gasps> oh, I fucked that up. That wasn't even a good burp. Damn it. That sounded wet and disgusting. It, it was it was a little bubbly, yeah. It didn't it didn't come out properly? Because I was gonna say that's a perfect note for this song. Because I'm not a huge fan of it. Really, <laughs> uh, the melody is annoyingly catchy. I, that's what the one phrase that I wrote. Um, but I couldn't tell you anything else about the song by memory, including the title. If you played it for me, <laughs> even though they say it, I still wouldn't know it. So I mean, like, there's not a lot that I like about the song. It is catchy though. Uh, good use of random sound effects for some reason. All right. <laughs> All right, my time to shine. Okay, so the imagery that I got from this was it's like when you're you're watching a movie and the character is sitting there and they portray them with like all these thoughts superimposed around their head where it's like these faded images around their head while they're talking to you. Those are all the instruments that are in the song. It's like I'm sitting there and I'm listening like I am the base of the song. And then it's like a saxophone floats by and then it plays and then a slide whistle. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. Abstract uh, imagery. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they definitely did drugs. Um, let's see. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he only repeated the title at the end four times. I guess we're getting better. Um, what else? Oh, um, I was trying to listen to the lyrics and the only thing I got was him saying, you're a big fat macaroni. Don't think that's what he said, but I'm, I'm going to keep it. I can't fact check to you. Yeah. I I looked it up. It's not, but I thought it was hilarious. 
Um, so the dish that I would make to this song would be beef carpaccio with walnut pesto and dandelion greens because beef like pesto and salad are, are things that you're like familiar with, but they're put in a way that you look at it going, what the fuck is this? Well, first off, I don't think I've ever had beef carpaccio. Did you say uh, uh, thinly sliced raw beef? Sushi? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't... Beef, beef sushi or beef sashimi. Yes. I mean, I've had steak tartare, which is kind of yeah. like along the lines of that. That's raw beef. Yeah. That uh, tartare is all like chopped up into like, little teeny weeny diced bits and then carpaccio is just like uh like I uh I had sliced steak prosciutto really yeah oh like well thin, like thinly sliced steak tartare or thin oh. but it's like that big yeah. god how irrelevant <laughs> no it is incredibly relevant because like i said they're all things that you would normally or like you would have and you're like oh this is okay but in this form you're like what the fuck is this and i think it's the only one that really represents the song it's attached to have you ever considered going to culinary school? Yeah, and I dropped out twice. Badass. I'm just not, I'm not a scholar, um, but cooking is very fun and I like doing it as a hobby. But as a job, it too much. I am not a perfectionist enough to succeed, uh, like, match sticking and julienning and stuff like that. It's, it's too much. So you're a jack of some trades and a master. It, that's not even Zero. a word in your vocabulary. A hundred percent, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really into certain things for a specific amount of time and then I am no longer into them. But I will only use the skills that I learned in that period of time and then say I'm really good at something, but I'm really not. Yeah, that's ADHD. As I already <laughs> mentioned before, but yeah, that is 100% like good description there. Yeah. You keep doing your thing. Don't you stop now. Song number oh, five, Don't God. You Stop. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Oh, my God, please. The chorus has. Um, um, this is the one. The choruses are just the song title and splicing in the line, if it makes you feel good, doesn't count in my books. And my book is the Bible. Yuck. <laughs> Can't Offend, think of any other. Offending, offending the uh, religious crowd and who's listening to this podcast right now for some reason. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, the the course is a, a small round of like, you know, bouncy pop fun and everything like that. I'm not mm -hmm. that into it. I think the verses are far better than this one at the very least. Really? Yeah, actually, I kind of did like them a little more. Although I will say, um, it, wait, did I? Just, oh, I want to make sure I didn't read the wrong notes there. Okay, I'm good. Yes, cool. Because uh, I was reading a note, I jumped ahead a little bit because there's one thing in the beginning of the song that I don't like, and it's um, there, there's like a phaser effect. Uh, on the drums uh it didn't last that long but it was horribly distracting didn't like it i have like i, I actually write this in the next song because i do it again but i'll yeah. say it now i have to remember that this is 1978 yeah so things like this were moderately more exciting because it's like well these are crazy it's like the first time peter frampton talked with his fucking guitar is he, yeah how is he doing that yeah bitch is called a vocoder okay god i wish i had one i did mention uh because i have nothing to say about a vocoder um i did mention that i do really like the 70s feel of an intro so i feel like opposite ends of the spectrum and while we're on opposite ends of the spectrum i'm gonna say the verses really didn't take me anywhere um i did enjoy the twinkly keys in the chorus that was pretty nice 
and those galloping drums. I like that. Why did they only do it once? This is the time that I'm going to complain about the thing that I just said was good. I just I wanted to hear that the whole time. But they only had it for the last, uh, I'm pretty sure the last verse or chorus. I'm not sure I didn't mention it, but whatever, the galloping drums. Mwah. Maybe that's I why I didn't it. write anything about it, because it was just maybe it was so brief. That I was just kind of like, eh, yeah. whatever, it's not saving anything here. It was the chorus, and I liked it. Like I can remember it. Well, as long as you can remember it, that's what's kind of grabbing you about it. Like, yeah. for me, there were parts of this track that I do like. I mean, like the, the solo and guitars are cool and everything like that. Um, other than that, is just this one is more or less passable to me. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing about the song that's like, hey, good stuff. It's not a terrible song, but I would not choose to go back to this one. Okay. Okay. Um, what else do I have? I have a couple. Um, oh. Okay, I was really high on this one until I got to the second page. And the first line is, after the last track, this one felt kind of bland. Um, I can definitely hear this one being played on the radio. I thought that it was, but I guess it wasn't. But I could definitely see it or hear it. Um, now, do you have any more points? Because my last one is my dish. Uh, no, I'm I'm more or less ready to move on. So, yes, what do you got for your next course? <laughs> I can tell um, the dish I would make to this song would be a barbecue hamburger with a thick, heavily seasoned onion ring on top of the top bun. No side. The hamburger's already too much. Well, yeah. And the fact they have an, if it's a breaded onion ring too, that's even yes. more. A hundred percent. Yes. And uh, you could get the patty uh, single or double. Um, but I chose this one. Uh, specifically because I could imagine this song being played at one of those like rundown diners that is literally the only restaurant within like, I don't know, I'm terrible at distances. Uh, You've already done this once on the podcast. Yeah, it's three hours. I have no idea. But uh, it's just one of those that everyone goes to hang out at and they'll just play uh, radio hits that are 40 years too late. Okay, it's just a classic rock dive. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. But oh, then the move. So go ahead. And then it turns into the devil's reject. So it's kind of like that. Oh, everyone yeah. dies. Yeah. I was going to say, depending on the patronage, I, I might go because I don't mind classic rock dives as long as I can drink a yeah. beer in peace. And as but, long uh, as they have a jukebox. But if, if they got some fucking dude with a large scraggly beard his sister flirting with everyone and their old clown dad following them around uh then i don't want to go to that bar i don't want to be anywhere near that bar you'll get takeout instead i literally have two figures of captain o- or captain spaulding otis either oh or no, captain spaulding i have them both of them on my uh my dresser here hey savannah I've- why don't you stop referencing things that chris has and gets getting distracted by <laughs> Because as soon as you mentioned Devil's Regis, I'm like, oh, I have that up here. I got two Captain Spaldings. I tried buying an Otis toy, but uh, it sold up by the time I got to that shop, which is uh, closed in Hamilton now. Cheapies. Shout out to Cheapies. That store was fucking amazing when that was around. I used to love it. Yeah. That's one of those. Not enough people liked it. That's like uh, people like your parents or your parents' generation when they talk about like old places that used to exist that don't anymore. Mine's Cheapies now. Yeah. Mine's Cheapies. Kids will fucking never know Cheap. Ew, Target. That was here for a year and a half in fucking Canada. Unless you lived in the States at some point. I have no idea. No, not at all. Yuck. I worked at Target, so I do not have those nostalgic memories that you fucking have for it. Yeah, I love it. Gag. Fucking actual gag. (laughs) 
God. But when I needed the money, I kept telling myself, you're all I've got tonight, Target. So song number six, you're all I've got tonight. Wow, what an abusive relationship that job was, wasn't oh, it? Oh, trust me. Uh, his hand, you know, I don't want to make these jokes. These are these are very dark, uh, unnecessary jokes. I'm not going to. Let's just keep moving on. So the beginning of this song sounds like it's going to turn into Black Betty. Um, this one is like they melded the first three songs together. Uh, I really like the riffage after the chorus with the rolling drums. I wasn't expecting that. And actually, I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, your turn. I got quite a bit. We don't usually say the your turn part. But hey, I like how this is working so yeah, far. No. I, I was going to say, um, I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. No, it's you. This song also started with that damn phaser effect on the drums. Uh, thankfully, it was brief again, though. Didn't really do too much. I'm just like... Don't make this a thing. I know that we're getting close to the end, but it doesn't mean it has to be a thing at all. Uh, and this is where I wrote the note. I have to remember it's 1978. Still true. doesn't really matter. Um, once again, Tom drums are cool. If you've been here before on the podcast, you know that I think Tom drums and the usage of them in songs are cool so long as they're just not fillers. Uh, this isn't the, usually, uh, the usual high praise I tend to give Tom drums, but I still uh -huh. think they're well done here, so I do enjoy it. Uh, the verses are cool. Um, they always feel like they're building towards something. And the course is like, I would think a decent payoff. It's like nothing grand or like epic or anything like that, but it still, it still feels nice in the end. Uh, this one feels like the other tracks, but the presentation helps make it feel better. So at the very least, I'm still enjoying it. Uh, the synth I hear in the chorus, um, I feel like it's going to start playing the melody that... I referred to something in this that I didn't actually say in the other one. So um, it feels like the synth in the chorus is going to play the synth melody uh, in just what I needed. They've sounded very similar to me. Um, it they could, was they could yeah. Yeah, that's why it kind of gave me the idea that it was just sort of melding a lot of what they were doing. But then you kind of think about it, you're like, maybe that's just their sound. Maybe they are just a... Bam song, bam song with the same stamp. This was a debut album. So right. I mean, uh, I, yeah, what you've said before about the influences sort of shedding as they go on. Although, like, I mean, they're actually, I think in the next one, one or two songs I mentioned, like, where I think a lot of their influences come from. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just seeing, because I know I'd like mentioning, oh, yeah, ELO and Queen were like the biggest influences I could hear on this album. That is hilarious. Why do you mention I mean, something I, like that later? I, I mentioned one member of one of them coming up. So that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's all I got for the song. I mean, a lot of the songs are like relatively like radio friendly on the song. By radio friendly, I don't mean just being content. I mean like lengthwise. So you're never like sitting through these too long. And even when you think mm -hmm. you are, like you're still just kind of enjoying things for the most part. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this one, I like it. Um. So I got two more points and then my dish. Uh, the constant pulsing of the keys during the guitar solo started to grate on me after a while. It felt like water droplet torture. Um, and speaking of the solo, it was pretty good, but the transition back to the chorus seemed super harsh. Uh, it was not smooth at all, and it was noticeable every single time, at least to me. Now, the dish I would make, the food dish that I would make to this song would be Alfredo penne with fake bacon bits and some steamed broccoli. It's like, it could be really good, but you really just settled for something um, when really you could just like amp it up and make it a little different. You didn't. You were just like, you know what? This is it. It's like you took a frozen health meal and just dumped it in a bowl, microwaved it and called it a day. 
Yeah, I like this idea that you have the Alfredo and the broccoli and everything like that. And it's just like, oh, it's it's turning out something fancy, but then it's like, oh, I didn't buy like anything else for this. Oh yeah. fuck it. Rips open bag of bacon bits and dumps it on. <laughs> and that's just one jar of Alfredo sauce. That's it. That's it. That's your dinner. Yeah, you didn't even make the Alfredo sauce. You like bought some like fucking ragu Alfredo. Not even ribbon ragu. I like it. Whatever. It's fine. Uh- Chris, these meals are getting worse as we're going on, so don't have I, any high hopes. It really started with that steak. It still <laughs> sounds good to me. Heck I would yeah. still eat it. I don't even give a shit. Unless you say, like, you literally shit on a plate and then coughed on it and then served uh-huh. it to someone. Then I'm not going to eat that, but when you're talking about, like, Alfredo and, like, a burger with an onion ring on it, yeah, I'm going to eat this shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah, because this shit I make. Hell I, don't, I don't care how... In, well, good for you because all I all I make is like grilled cheese pancakes. Uh, I think the most the, the, like the most exquisite thing I make is like jerk chicken. I have to say that if you took the sweetness out of a pancake, like the sugar or whatever, did something with it, and then put like cheese in between two of those pancakes and grilled it to make a grilled cheese pancake, that would be delicious. Gag. You said grilled cheese pancake, so I, I rolled. No grilled with cheese it. and pancakes, not grilled yeah. cheese pancake. The same shit, you know. It's not two even. in one, two in one. Two different meals. No, it's like dressing both of your twins the same way. You can call them whatever name you want; it does not matter. They look the same. My my head's in a bad place today because I was about to say another very dark joke on top of that. I'm just going to move on. And speaking yes. of speaking of those dark jokes, in my head I won't say what the context is, but bye bye love. Song number seven, bye bye love. That too was going to be my transition. Thank you. <laughs> so I said this earlier um, in the show, but it did take two listens for me to realize that I actually have heard this song. Never knew it was the Cars. I had no idea. Um, Oh, is this the one that I mentioned that person? Yes. Um, So I remember when I wrote the intro uh, on the band, it did say that the, that Rick Ocasek, the rhythm guitarist, and I believe the lead guitarist share singing duties. So I think some of these like different sounds or different uh, vocals might be the lead guitarist. Because in this song, some vocal lines sound like a less flamboyant Freddie Mercury. And I don't know if it is just Rick Ocasek or if it's the uh, the other guy. Um, but I like it. Um, I can finally hear some bass in this song. That's very nice. I could not hear a lot of it leading up to this. I have a note about that in the next song. Ooh. which i'll talk about um it, it, what was i gonna say oh yeah like i wonder um because you mentioned that there was like sharing singing duties i wonder if that yeah. would explain the change that i heard between the first two tracks and then going to just what i needed because i was like it sounds a little less whiny this time around yeah i'll so, look that up like yeah like the thing is like i'm again i'm familiar with the cars but if there's two different singers and they happen to sound relatively similar like yeah i need to listen to more cars in order to know who i'm hearing you know it's not like last week with gob where you can definitely tell the difference between tom and theo you know yes so i mean like in this one if they sound similar then i'm gonna need a minute here uh but yeah with uh with this one i was gonna mention that this song feels like the others uh but yeah the bass was really fun i like as you kind of mentioned uh it 
you have those, these like little bass fills sprinkled in everywhere and everything like that. So it takes my mind off the repetitiveness of the song. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Uh, it's it's still a fun presentation in this one. I don't really have much more to say about it, unfortunately, because like overall, there's still not much more. Uh, still, Jesus Christ, still not much more going on in this one uh, to make it feel too much different from the others. Uh, the course is a little underwhelming, uh, and I on multiple lists felt that way uh so not much to grab onto so what else can i say you mean you don't like the song title repeated over and over in the chorus maybe this is why weezer sounds like they do because rick okasic produced the blue album which i alluded to last week in the spoiler but like their choruses are just like Here's a song title. Here's a song title. Here's the hook. Here's the hook. Please don't forget about us. <sighs> yeah, Rivers had to talk him out of it. It's just like they're, they're recording like Say It Ain't So. And it's supposed to be like, say it ain't so. Say, say it ain't it so. Ain't. <laughs> and because Rick's like, see, this is where the money is, kid. And Rivers like, no, I got these other. I'm just going to sing yeah. these words instead. And he just takes the entire like the entire notebook of lyrics that's the size of a phone book just inches thick and just rips it in half and goes, all right. <laughs> and, that, and that's where we got Ratatouille. And then I just, uh, ew, yeah. <laughs> I, I just imagine Rick Ocasek sitting there and then they're like recording Buddy Holly and he's like, Buddy Holly, Buddy, Buddy Holly, Buddy, Bud, Buddy Holly. It's just like, Rick, uh, can we do uh, maybe another take? Why wow, that one was great, guys. Uh, just one, one more take. Yeah, sure. If you want some B-roll, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like the only, the only thing, um, the only way that they could re- uh, record that album is when Rick left the producer's studio for a coffee run. And he's like, okay, 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 record the song. It's kind of like the opposite of the Motley Crue thing where they they had to wait until the band went home for the night because they were drunk and high. Then they got the studio musicians to come in and record for them. That actually happened. I don't yes, think that I is that is like a that. notable story where like oh. they would the band would come in during the day completely hungover or high or drunk fucking slurred their way through everything it sounded like shit so overnight they got studio musicians to come in and re-record everything then yeah. they show the band those takes like oh that was pretty good blah blah, blah. so yeah i mean obviously they don't credit the studio musicians wow. but yeah yeah it's definitely them yikes i did not know that actually well That's molly crew party animals did you know that two of them almost died like several times did you know that yes yes <laughs> But I do have a little bit more uh, for this that is not related to Motley Crue, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, un- unless they share this, uh, the guitar solos so far feel very blues inspired. And I really kind of like that. Um, I don't really know where their direct influences came from, you know, because like you do hear a little bit of like bluesy stuff. There's a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Well, if Queen is an influence and Brian May had some very bluesy solos. Yeah? Oh, really? I mean, not, not, not super bluesy, but like they had touches of them. We have to do a Queen album because I only know they're like, you know, gigantic hits. But when it comes to like anything else, I I am so blind to it. I mean, we got a giant list of albums yeah. to get through, so you can always replace one of those albums with a Queen album. I will take out Nickelback, yes. Um, 
No, what is this? Oh, I already said that. I already said that. And the dish I would make to the song would be one of those like Korean corn dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen those where they're like rolled in those potato cubes? No, no. Oh, well, I just think of corn dogs, but specifically Korean. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they like they have cheese in them too, and then they uh, sometimes they can be sweet, so they'll like roll them in like cinnamon sugar or something. I don't know. I've never had one, uh, but for some reason that was the first thing I thought of when I heard this song. So I, it kind of feels like okay, this song feels like something that you would hear when you go to like a carnival, but like one of those mid to low level carnivals where all the rides are run off of tractor engines. And then somebody is blasting, again, classic rock radio from their booth. And it's one of those like ring toss or uh, throw the darts at the balloons or something. Um, but then I figured then you would go there and you would get a corn dog, but an amped up corn dog. Well, I mean, if that's the carnival you're going to then, then uh, enjoy. I, I will not be attending. It is. it is. And then you realize that it is a devil's rejects carnival. <laughs> Definitely not attending. <laughs> Don't you like I'm clowns? Aren't I fucking funny? All right, I'm done now. <laughs> I'll keep going with the Devil's Reject stuff. I know, I know. Free from Hell sucks, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, don't even bother. It fucking ruins the trilogy. Don't watch it. Just wanted to throw that one out there, too. Okay. So, song number eight. Speaking of movies, too, uh, there's a note about this one. Moving in stereo. Uh, so, for my very first note, though, is this is by the cars. Yeah. I'm so goddamn familiar with the song, and I never really? knew for the life of me this was by the Cars. Really? Where have you heard it? Well, I mean, the same place the vast no. majority of people, maybe even a little older, heard us. Because uh, this song is associated with a pair of breasts, if you're not aware. That is from Fast, Mounts, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemount High. Oh, I've never seen that. Uh, well, I mean, just the, the the pool scene. Hey, Brad, do you know how cute I think you are? Fucking moving in stereo starts playing. She undoes her thing. They start making out. He's jerking off at a toilet. She walks in on him. Boom. Because he's fantasizing about her the entire time. So I've also never seen American Pie, but those movies do not appeal to me whatsoever. Um, I so kid, I don't know. I don't know why I know this song because I've never seen that before. So even if you go to YouTube and look up Fast Mount, uh, Fast Time at Ridgemont High pool scene and like obviously if you're watching on youtube it cuts off before she opens up her top but like you'll yeah. hear the song kick in oh, there's actually shit. a news article i was reading today called how the cars accidentally made the anthem for a whole generation's sexual awakening my god really and it's literally this song so the vast Dang. majority of people who know this song know it from that movie interesting so there you go i guess you learned a little something today. i thought you would have known that no no i'm i'm not a movie person and i'm not like a frat boy movie person either so it's i've never had the interest um so my thought of these thought songs wildly different than that um this song feels like i am being beamed up into a spaceship um feels like i'm going to be sung to about major tom and this song like literally feels alien like i'm boarding a spaceship david bowie's just on there he's just like I'm not meant to be here either. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he's got some sort of lizard head. 1978, so he would have been, like, at the height of his, like, drug binge in Berlin, Germany. So, uh, yeah, he was pretty out of his head at that point. So, perfect timing to be in a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, also, I'm also pretty sure there's a car horn in this. 
Yeah, yeah, kinda. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why? They had some extra sounds left from that sound pack and from the fourth track, and there's like fucking car horn. Like, we can we can tune this to make it sound like it goes with the track. <laughs> they're like like we paid for this. Yeah. Oh my god. You get what you pay for and you pay what you get type deal. Uh I think this has a great composition overall, though. I really don't like the almost darker feel of this track overall it mm-hmm. feels it feels a little different on this album so it's nice that this feels like a standout um honestly it could have been a little bit shorter but like i'm just vibing the whole time to this song so i mean like on a non-critical listen i'm just absolutely enjoying this and i wouldn't have noticed how long the song is but me sitting here with my headphones on staring at my screen and like wondering what the hell to type i'm just like oh yeah i guess it does go on for a little while but yeah. fuck it i'm in, i'm enjoying it i don't care i really like it I okay I can see uh, I can see where this is lying in your uh your song hierarchy. Um now I do like the sort of sonic landscapes some of these songs paint for me with just the extra atmospheric sounds definitely on this one um I felt like I was being abducted. Um this this song does confuse me a little uh but it <laughs> to me it didn't feel as acceptable, acceptably kooky as track four. Cause I kind of liked if you're going to go kooky, fucking go kooky and go all out like they did in track four. Hmm. Eh. Why not? Disagree. I I don't doubt that. I mean, two years for that. Uh, before you tell me what's on the menu, um, mm-hmm. I, I only have one more note and like the yes. bass, ta- uh, the bass in the song though, because uh, towards the end of the song you have like this bass tapping at the end. I'm just like yeah. I wrote like verbatim, excuse me, th- with that bass tapping at the end. I mean, like this isn't exactly an album known for like it's it's cool bass stuff, and then yeah. that gets thrown in towards the end. I thought it was super cool, definitely caught my attention. So great way to end the track as well, just. A lot going on with this one that I really enjoy. So it's cool that this is at the end of the album because it could have very easily been like a side B syndrome type deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to save for this one. Uh, yeah, it does feel like we're winding down now, but we're not winding down to like a comatose state. It's just kind of like, okay, we're getting the rest of the weirdness out. Okay, now we're just going to sort of, you know, see ourselves out. Goodbye. Um, now, this one, this one is an imagery one, okay? The dish I would make to this song would be one of those chocolate domes that they pour liquor on and light it on fire so it melts to expose the smaller dessert within the dome. Interesting. You said the meals get worse from here, but like you get this intricate dessert at the end of all of this. Okay, fine. That was the good one in between the crap. Okay, so the next one is where you just shit on a plate and then cough on it. Okay, good to know. You literally might as well. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll move on to the final track of the album, song number nine, relatively short album, actually, but it was the 70s, what do you expect? All mixed up. Um, So all of these songs are giving me sort of imagery, and this one definitely gave me kind of the most uh, the hi-hat with the guitar and uh, keys at the beginning is very solemnly riding my horse through the deserts of Nevada at night. Uh, and then I shit on the whole chorus being the song title again. But who needs to hear that for the ninth time, right? Uh, anyone who listens to the album has to listen to that for the ninth time. <laughs> fair, oh, fair. And I feel moving in you. stereo didn't really do that. I think he said it like yeah. all two or three times in the entire song, not even in the chorus. Okay, eight times. That one is the exception. There you go. Perfect. And that's what makes it an even better song. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Um, this one actually bled in kind of nicely from the previous track too, because if you listen to like front like the last bit of the last song and the first bit of this song, it just bleeds right in. So it's mm-hmm. nice, like a good seamless transition to help like wrap up the album and everything like that. Um this one was weird. This there was something really weird in the production, and I I had to find out if this was me or not. Like, did you notice like a weird, really weird volume shift around the first minute of this song? Yeah, where it was kind of nice, and then it got really it, loud. It's like kind of like going like this, and then this goes like this out of nowhere yeah. type thing. I think uh, I think there were either more instruments that came in, or it changed to like a different part, like it goes into a pre-chorus or something. But yeah, it gets louder and it was grating every time. And it, it was a weird volume shift though, because like it felt like a production mistake. Like, it, it's like someone you, you, knocked you, it. You, you can hear like, yeah, like someone's on like the slider. You can hear, you can actually feel it when you listen to it that someone just jacks it up real fast. Yeah. And it's just like, there's nothing gradual about that and usually you do, like in those instances you do like a splice that makes it sound like a little more like transitioned this mm-hmm. was like so sudden and just jarring i don't know yeah. it bothered me i didn't like it i'm surprised they left that in like i don't like considering the rest of the production of the album's fine like that bothered the hell out of me um this song has portions of deja vu in it uh whereas you know other parts stand out on their own mainly the chorus for that latter uh note though uh mm-hmm. it definitely this is where i said it definitely has that like yellow or like queen influence in the chorus and everything like that i mean a lot of it comes down to like the strings and the keys the, the yeah. choir sections which i mean you can get either one out of either one of those bands so that's why i kind of listed both of them mm-hmm. uh so at least the chorus stood out i like that um, okay, so I do have a large sort of uh, imagery description, but before that, uh, I didn't think that the saxophone would really make sense, but it kind of does. Um, it still kind of reminds me of the, or not reminds me, but it gives me riding the horse alone in the desert, and then you kind of got saxophone playing in the distance. On the and- de- through the desert on a horse with no name, huh? Yes, exactly. I mean, but if it's your horse, it's up to you to give it a name. No name. Um, and so saxophone, and I was actually growing to like this. Uh, I like their more expense or experimental sounding songs, with exception to a few. Now, the imagery I got from this was this song makes me feel solemn. Like a guy sitting at his dining table in his boxers, just quietly staring at his dinner on the table in front of him as the song plays. He doesn't move, his hands are in his lap, and as the song fades out, the screen fades to black. What's on his dinner plate, Savannah? Um, It is cheese and butter on white sandwich bread. I don't dictate I would this also st- I would also <laughs> stare at that. I don't dictate this stuff. The image is fucking Firefest food. What the hell is this? It's so sad. But if you do eat a cheese sandwich with actual like brick cheese, it's not that bad. Tastes pretty fine. I don't. The only cheese sandwich I eat is grilled cheese. Like that's all. That's all I do. I don't eat cheese sandwiches. Do you eat yours with ketchup? Well, my grilled cheese. Yeah. Uh, Depends on the kind of cheese. Mm Hmm. Because like, like uh, connoisseur I, of cheese, I see. Not really. I actually don't like most cheeses. Really? I'm oh, very incredibly one. picky. Uh, like, I like Monterey Jack. Like, if I have Monterey Jack and a grilled cheese, no ketchup. But if, if I end up yeah. using, like, those shitty craft Singles, then yes, I use ketchup. Oh, so the ketchup is covered to the cover up the taste. Yeah, because I don't really like craft Singles. They don't even, it's not even yeah. real cheese. Like, it's not gross. It's, That's it's why not they don't all... say, they don't say cheese on the packaging. It's not cheese. 
Thank you. And American cheese is different than Kraft Singles, and I will die on this hill. That's fine. I still won't eat it. Actually, I like cheddar one of the least. It's like really? down there. Mozzarella is like top tier. Goat cheese, number one. Uh, yeah. What else uh, do I got for this song? I'm not, oh, I got like just one more note. And uh, I felt like this was kind of an anticlimactic ending to the album. Uh, mm-hmm. Wasn't was entirely. Sad. Not even just that. Just like it didn't really feel like like any sense that this was the end of the album or that we're even near like i didn't even pick up on that at all like i think the last song kind of gave me those vibes but like not this one this could have been in the middle of the album fitted anywhere so i don't know just not that again and i mentioned before in previous um reviews too that this isn't necessarily supposed to tell me a story Uh it doesn't have to be structured that way but still like when i get to the end of the album i like knowing that i'm there yeah Okay. Uh, so, but like this one didn't give that to me, so it just it was kind of weird, and I don't know, not a terribly great song. So, I don't know. That's all I really got to say about it. I didn't really have too many notes for it because, like, again, other than the chorus, uh, yeah. everything just kind of felt same same to me. So, hmm. okay, I am not optimistic on our matches this time. Neither am I. <laughs> So with that said, that actually brings us to the end of us talking about the cars, the cars. So, hey, thank you very much for staying with us through this review and checking it out and listening to the words we say. We want to hear the words that you have to say now, though. So down in the comments below, wherever you're listening, because there's comment sections everywhere, let us know what you think. Uh, and while you're formulating those words and your thoughts and opinions and everything like that and how much you hate us for our own opinions, <laughs> we have to move on to part two or three, which you can also participate in. Trust me, there's plenty to do in these podcasts. So I guess we'll just kind of... a uh, Switch up to that now. So above our heads, boom, there are uh, the graphics have changed. There you go. There are names. There are numbers. There's going to be more names. Uh, Song names be specific because now it's time to go nine through one. Uh, Worst to best, not so great to great, fantastic to even better. However you want to describe it, we have to start ranking the tracks on how we felt about them. Yes. Um, And uh, if you if this is the first episode that you've tuned into, um, go check out better ones. Uh, also we, every, every episode, we're all like, what are we going to match? Because, you know, that is a stat we, uh, like to torture ourselves with. Um, and I don't think we're going to get any. So I feel like our stats will be stagnant, if not worse. I feel the same way. I'm going to, I, I will be happy with one, but I would not be surprised if it was a big fat goose egg. I think there's potential for one, but I I don't have enough hope for it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be around the middle if it is, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, because that, that's where the, the lists flip for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, because I know like the top and bottoms of our list are probably going to look very oh different. Yeah. Let's uh, prove that right now with song number nine. I'm in touch with your world. Number nine, you're all I've got tonight. You're on the yeah, answer right short form. I know what this is. Number eight, don't just stop. Okay. We match oh, okay. the we match the one. Don't just stop. I thought you liked that one more. That's why I was like, I don't know I, about that one. Not <laughs> Okay. Uh number seven. Bye bye, love. Good times roll. Good times can roll on out. Get the fuck out of here. Number <laughs> six, all mixed up. Bye bye, love. Close. Well, we'll get but there's our one off. We have to at least have one of those. We should have separate stats just for how many one-offs we oh my, have. Oh my God, I'm not it... going back and doing that. Fuck that. 
someone else do that I'll, I'll be very grateful if you do song number five good times roll my best friend's girl best friend give her back number four number four you're all i've got tonight uh moving in stereo <laughs> oh yeah that's a. Uh, by the way the actress is that uh, phoebe cates uh she is oh. the one who bared her breast in that movie sexual awakening for many people in an early generation everything like that so there you go just thought I'd throw that note out there. I will never use that information. Thank you. No, but I'm just, I'm, I know you're sitting on the movie first, but I'm just surprised you haven't like even heard of that yeah. scene. It's an iconic 80s scene. Uh, like I've seen it being parodied and I've seen it being referenced, but, uh, and I knew what movie it was from, but I didn't know like the context or anything. It was just some girl in what, a red bikini or a red bathing suit yeah, or something. Yeah. So, dude, and that's it. <laughs> shout out to I, the actor i've seen him in other movies before uh shout out to the actor who like he had to pretend like a long take of him pretending to jerk off and his face is doing like the, yeah. the expressions and stuff while he's like fantasizing so this dude had to do a take in front of a camera just pretending to jerk off and like be in ecstasy and then eventually the girl he's fantasizing about walks into the bathroom and sees him jerking off mm-hmm, but just mm-hmm. like shout out to this guy who was like two solid minutes of him behind camera just going oh Oh, yes shout out to that guy yeah oh that's yeah, that's yeah. great acting i hope it was method acting song number three my best friend's girl my feelings about co of uh this podcast are all mixed up good as they should be that's it. if you're only feeling that now that i'm not doing my job song number two just what i needed a match was just what i needed cool two wow uh, it was number eight and number two we matched, so we were we really bookended the. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I fucked up the middle yeah, portion well, guess of it. I was like, it's yeah. probably around the middle somewhere. Uh, we got two. This is fantastic. Possibly, well, I don't think we're gonna get three. No, we can't because my number one is moving in stereo. Yeah, and my number one is I'm in touch with your world. As soon as, uh, as soon as you said that my number one was your number nine, I was just I looked at the camera and went fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, like I don't know. That's it's 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 not a very good song. <laughs> With that said, you were on drugs. I bet it would be. I haven't smoked pot in a while, and I just don't feel like it anymore. So maybe that's why I'm a boring old biddy now. You have to do a Dr. Dre album. You're good. It's got to prep a method. Listen. We're going to do like Millennium, though, or whatever the hell that one from 2000 is. We're not doing uh, The Chronic. We're not going to go obvious with it. Oh, I, I was going to say Backstreet Boys Millennium. Yes, please. Whatever the hell had uh, like, Still Dre on it. We got to do Still Dre or whatever the album that was. The aftermath yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that's Dr. Dre. And this is us. And we got two picks out of nine. So actually, statistically, yes. that's going to look pretty good. Not bad. Uh, happy about that. That's pretty cool because we do need more matches because like, uh, I don't know, we weren't good at it for a long time. But season five, we're we're kind of we're killing it so far. I think there's only like mm-hmm. two episodes so far that we didn't match. Um, I think what it is, is our chemistry as uh, hosts are better. Um, and I change all of my uh, thoughts thinking what would Chris think so really I'm just the mastermind the puppet master of this whole operation well if that's what you want to think then I hope that you were uh, thinking the same thing with the album writing because now we have oh, to find God. out where exactly so. we sit on the album writing screen so let's transition over swishy bishy whatever 
Alrighty then, album rating screen as per usual, part three of three of the podcast. Time to rate the record, title track. Oh my goodness. And there's a lot of things going on on this. And, uh, you know, large B tier, A tier is getting bigger. So that's at least nice to see. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. But other than that, uh, we need to find out where the cars with the cars are going. Uh, Savannah's all nervous about it. We had a bit of a oh, yeah. ch- chat about it off screen. So, yeah. uh, so curious to know where this one's going to go. Yeah. Like, I I always compare mine to what I think you're going to do. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to tank it in comparison to his. But I also don't want him to bully me for liking something he deems as shit. But I feel like either way, I'm not going to win. So the only thing I can do is just sit with what I have and just deal with it. I mean, 92 episodes later, you kind of have to. Yes. Yeah, it's constant progression. I'm just trying to change as a person, you know. Well, one day I will recognize it, but today's not that day. I'm sorry. Rude. <laughs> well, actually, is today the day that we, we got to find out, right? Because uh, we need to find out where we're putting this. So I guess I'll go first, because since you chose the album, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I definitely didn't hate this album. And I, I don't think I've ever disliked the cars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't age here, but I gave it a pretty damn decent score, if I do say so myself. 77.22%. What? We are so close. 76.11. Wow, that that is pretty close. I th- honestly thought it, your score was going to be lower than mine. That's fantastic. I just knocked over a water bottle on my desk. I'm uh. so fucking excited. Yeah, that's actually a uh, pretty damn close. Uh, like one point one point one one points off of each other. Yeah, but then it meets an evil and gets about, uh, in the middle. It gets about as evil as it can get with a seventy six point six six. It is in the B standard. Yeah, it's B standard. Um, So that is better than Allison Chain's 76.65, but not as good as Kevin Gilbert, because Kevin Gilbert has, what, 0.09 better. Very tight race going on there. Yeah. But it's okay. Rick O'Casey and the gang uh, get the evil 666 number, so you can brag about that old day i guess uh praise the devil we we need to have an artist in the c tier who is at 66.60 that would just be like the ultimate badass thing you could do but it has to be something like really really innocent like tiny tim <laughs> or like christmas uh, classics yeah fucking like bon jovi or some dumb shit i don't know oh my God. Uh, josh groban or michael buble Yes, something that you wouldn't expect, like Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> I didn't expect even doing an album by them. Dang. Never say never. Maybe. Not that I'm going to pick it, but never say never. Yeah, maybe. Well then, uh, another yeah. B-tier album. Can't say I'm surprised, but I mean, surprise, you're B-tier. <laughs> uh, that's where the cars went. Uh, if Savannah's good at anything, it's avoiding the A-tier, so she's uh, keeping on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, uh, you, mm-hmm. you have a couple in there and you have one sorry because the other one was a request my bad you know instead of singing you know be aggressive it'll be the b tier b e the b tier just keep doing that if it makes you feel Perfect. better about the scoring then you know what doesn't, do it I, it doesn't i say it through tears hmm, good to know uh at least that means i'm doing my job on this time where i'm breaking someone down mentally and emotionally 
Uh, and with that dark note out of the way, hey, you know what? Thank you very much for joining us in this podcast, making it all the way to the very end of the episode. So if you like what you see and or hear today, make sure you let us know down in the comments of wherever you're listening. Because once again, there's comment sections wherever you are listening. What do you think of this album? Where would you rank the songs? What would you rate the records? Would you do you agree or disagree with us? What is your personal opinion? Tell us everything because you're part of this conversation too. Damn it. It might not be canonical, but we can definitely appreciate what you have to say. So go ahead, do that in the comment sections. You can also do that on the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Uh, those are good places to do that. But you can find all of those links over at ratetherecord.ca. The streaming links, the social media links, the RTR club, the merch, the requesting of the album stuff, all of that, and then my secret football picture that I'll eventually put hide in there somewhere. At ratetherecord.ca. Sorry, where is that one more time? Ratetherecord.ca, Chris. Hell yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think that episode went a little longer than I had anticipated for a nine-song album, but that, this is what always happens. We always go on, the, like, the biggest tangents for the shortest episodes. Yeah, I think our bodies are just sort of, it's like how you know when to fall asleep, when to wake up without an alarm. I think we've just sort of conditioned ourselves to know how long a podcast should be, regardless of if it's 18 songs or nine. Can I also mention one more thing? This is another album that you chose that I scored higher. Just saying. I wish you wouldn't. Yes. Just another one yes. in the pile. I told you I picked this one completely randomly. Did I knew that was it. So I thought I had I'm some okay vinyl too. It. I went swiping through my collection because it's parts of my dad's collection too. And just yeah. couldn't find it. But I, just, I swear we have it somewhere. I don't know. But anyway, speaking of another album on the pile, uh, that is what today was. And next week, we have another one, too, another album to add. Episode 93 coming next week. Uh, it is a request next week. Uh, we haven't done one since uh, Weezer, I guess. We have uh -huh. three all together so far in the second half of the season. So this is the first of three coming up. It's going to be cool. Again, by request, this is only the third instrumental artist or band that we've ever done on this show to date. And this time, we're going Dark Wave, baby. Joe Satriani. Dark Wave King Joe Satriani himself. Yes. With his buzzing synthesizers, his sequence arpeggios, and uh, I don't know, it sounds like the 80s all the time. Oh. I've only, you, really, you really just gave up at the end. Because I, I, I realized, I think I've only heard like three Joe Satriani songs my entire life, so I'm just yeah. like, and one of them was fairly new. I did it for like an, uh, one of the NMRs last year. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So it's like one of his new things, too. But yeah, uh, yeah. So Dark Wave Master Joe Satriani by request next week. Make sure you tune in for that because it's definitely not Joe Satriani. But if you can guess what we're doing, then by all means, go ahead and try. But until then, go listen to some awesome music, maybe even like the cars, the cars. Uh, and we'll see you again next time. So take care, friends. Bye bye.